Hello listeners, and welcome to Your Uncomfort Zone, where we discuss and explore creativity, culture, and healing through lifestyle. First of all, uh, before we like introduce ourselves or anything, this is essentially like a follow-up from the last episode and it's going to sound like a little bit contradictory because my last episode was talking about how like you can and should create things or like be creative without um, the, I guess, intention of a reward or money or whatever. But like this episode is kind of a bit about the opposite of that. Like what if you are the kind of person who thrives like doing what you love and it doesn't necessarily take the joy out of it um like i know i'm like the type of person that could definitely thrive in that situation i have um so yeah we're gonna introduce ourselves you guys know me um i'm kristen i'm your host um and my co-host today is my identical twin so let me know if you can tell the difference between our voices um if they're too similar i'm sorry we can't change it um yeah go ahead and introduce yourself yeah well as y'all know um i'm kristen's identical twin sister my name is kayla um currently working in retail i'm uh doing some art on the side um i'm actually aiming to be a tattooer one day um so yeah, a lot of my work is just more so traditional media. I do a little bit of digital work too, um, but I mostly just like paint and, and draw and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's just, that's what I do. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, so like basically the kind of outline of this uh, episode is to kind of explore those kind of uncomfortable steps of making your passion, your job or your career, and like um, the kind of obstacles that might be put in front of you. And we also, I have some questions here that we're gonna explore. And then um, after that part of the episode, there will be a section where I actually had some friends and listeners give me their input on a few things. And we'll also kind of be expanding on those things. So we're just gonna jump right in here. Um, so the first question, um, after our introductions <laughs> is, um, so I know it's pretty early on your journey, um, becoming a tattooer. What it has been your biggest obstacle so far? Um, I would say for me personally, like my self-confidence, um, for me, like art was like a private thing for most of my life. Uh, so like, I would spend like hours and hours every day, like both of us would, like when we were kids, uh, just like drawing in our rooms. Um, I felt like my work wasn't good enough to really show people. So, um, and also posting stuff on social media was a really big thing for me because art was really like personal for me and really private. Um, that was like the fir- pretty much like the first step I took, um, like the big, the biggest one, I guess. Uh, and just to put myself out there, um, ex- like expose it, expose my work to like lots of different people and just see if people liked it, you know what I mean? Or just get used to people like looking at it essentially. So um, I know this isn't on the uh, agenda, but like, you know, you see this a lot with creatives where like the, the obstacles or 
challenges that we face are often ones that we put in front of ourselves. Like they're often, you know, like you mentioned, like confidence in your skills or just like if people will get it. And I, I really lot to that. Like this whole podcast is something that, as you know, I've been wanting to do for a really long time. It was just a matter of like, just taking the leap and doing it. And that's something that I've seen you do as well. Like you were talking about how like you just kind of put your head down and you did your thing. And that was something that I was like, honestly, a little bit like outside looking in a little bit frustrated. So it's just like, just fucking do it. Like you're ready. And I think that you've been ready for a long time, but like at the, at the end of the day, it's the, it's the artist or the creators, like their emotional readiness to take on the challenge or like to take, cause like once you take that step, then there's a lot of other things that kind of come up. And as long as you're kind of comfortable, you're not going to, necessarily see as much of that I guess like the obstacles that are in front of you you can deal with because they're created by you yeah totally I mean I think it took time for me to be able to do that because I just didn't feel like I was there but and again like you said that is like a subjective thing I guess we kind of answered it but when do you know that you're ready to to take the leap and how do we know when we're ready or should we at all like my kind of point of view on this question is like is it an obstacle that you've created? Like, you know, am I ready at all? Is that just someone trying, or is that just you trying to stay in a comfortable situation? Because if you never take the leap, you never have to deal with the discomfort of change and the discomfort of growth. And um, I think a lot of the time with creative kind of spaces and creative careers, you do learn as you go. Like you do just kind of learn as you're going. Um, I don't know if you have any input on that, but that's just, you know, my opinion. Yeah, no, totally. I think that it's definitely different for everyone. And I definitely struggled with that. And I still kind of do like, um, you know, a lot of people feel like they need to jump the gun and whatever. And like, I get that. But personally, I think that a lot of people will benefit from following a a specific formula. And, um, like you know you want to make sure that you have developed your skills to a certain point and like you want to make sure that you're networking and learning as much as you can from people that you look up to within whatever like our community you're part of um and to kind of like get a feel for like how you're going to go about doing it um so the next question is uh how do we I feel like we've answered this. How do, how do we get better at or feel confident in our craft? And I think you just, you pretty much said it, like, just keep working on what you're doing, try to get input from other people and try to, um, you know, like you said, like network and kind of carve out a space for yourself. Um, so I feel like we pretty much answered that. Yeah. So yeah. And just like positive affirmations are also really important. I think people, need to understand that the more time you put in your work the more you'll improve and to be patient with that because everyone kind of um goes at their own pace and like you know some people you know they're fucking amazing and they like (laughs) they they just kind of like exponentially improve but not everyone's like that and I didn't feel like I was like that when I started it took me three years to get where I am and like even like looking back at the pe- the things that I drew like three years ago versus now is like night and day. So you have to be, um, you have to have a positive outlook um, and try not to let 
you know, your pace, like how slow or how fast you're going, like get to you. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on, this is a, a kind of a funny, like question. So it's what's the most uncomfortable interaction you've had with a customer or consumer kind of have a feeling I already know what you're going to say. But uh, anyway, (laughs) I don't really do commissions that often. Um, I find them to be very stressful. um, That like, because you're doing like a full like painting or whatever. Um, And there's a lot of back and forth with with customers. So like, um, I don't do them that often, but I have like done like art pop ups and stuff like that and sold uh, pieces and I've done commissions in the past. And I feel like a lot of my frustrations come from people who don't view art as um, as work. Um, so a lot of them, they, you know, they set up unrealistic time constraints. Um, they ask for, you know, like cheap rates and that kind of thing. I, I just keep thinking back to that time I, I did an art pop-up and I was there with <laughs> my boyfriend at the time and you and, you know, I had my table set up and this guy walks over and he looks at my boyfriend at the time and goes, yeah, like your art's really good. I, like He was sitting down behind us, like he was further away and he wasn't even paying attention. And it was just kind of strange. It's like, so you don't think that the person at the table, like sitting there with the name on the table is the person that actually painted the stuff. And I guess like, you know, my, my stuff was very like, um, you know, tattoo inspired. And my boyfriend at the time was, you know, heavily tattooed. I don't know, though. We're both tattooed. I remember looking at him and I was like, "Ah, actually, no, they're hers. And then his his response was so funny because he was just like, oh, are are these um," he asked me if if they were like digital, if they were like prints or something. And I was like, oh, they're all hand painted, like kind of thing. She does them all herself, like kind of thing. And yeah, they're they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah, it was super super weird. I think we could have like a whole other episode on specifically like being a woman and a creator because that's a whole other thing like it's you know you can have a million conversations about those those kinds of interactions like um or like uh unsolicited advice from like dudes that aren't even involved in the space that you're talking about like it's yeah being like I'll yeah, give like- you uh, I'll give you some advice and I'm like you don't even fucking make music or you don't even draw or you don't even do this thing like I don't fucking need your advice <laughs> like actually yeah, it's like it's like what people you that I will go to before Um, so we're going to move into the section with like our listener and friend input and we'll kind of both give our input on the question as well. So the first question is, do you think that art is lucrative or profitable and is it valued in, in society? So uh, uh, Mike Pinn, so his um, Instagram handle, and I think his handle on Twitter as well is Lost Pixel CA. I don't know if it's supposed to be, but the CA is supposed to be pronounced or not, but I'm just gonna say that. Um, and he's, uh, he's a graphic designer and Twitch streamer. Um, he says, I find that art and creating can certainly be profitable, but it is often on the creator to find the people willing to pay for it. And then he goes on to say, as far as valued in general, though, not enough. People outside of a creative space often don't value creation nearly as much as I feel they should. But on the flip side, 
people who know that it's valuable value it highly. It's almost like there's no middle. Um, so I kind of talked about this in the last episode, how, you know, our, in our society, like create creative, like skill sets are not valued by most people. Like it's not something that people think about, but, but um, you know, we all consume art every single day, whether, whether or not we, we recognize it. So, you know, a logo for something that you've seen has been created by a graphic designer, music, TV shows, film, like all of this stuff is, has been, you know, created by an artist or, you know, someone with a creative skill set of some kind. So it's funny that he said that because like, I really do agree with the side where he says like, it's like people either don't value it enough or it's valued highly by some people, but there's no middle ground. And it, you really, I think you really do see that gap, especially if you're creative yourself. Like, for example, like sometimes I, I, I help out at this, at a farmer's market in town and there's this just super funny thing like that where I see like some old like Newfoundland nan is like, you know, strolling through the market and she'll see something that someone's put their fucking blood, sweat and tears into, you know, it's really, really well made, like whatever. And they'll just be like, ask for the price and you'll tell them what it is. You're like, oh, that's way too fucking expensive. And they'll just, they'll just storm off or you'll see people like, oh, like I can make that myself. And it's like, no, you fucking can't. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's just like then, then you have to be like, well, I guess like you make it yourself and see how hard it is. You know what I mean? I think that the gap I think comes like within art specifically comes from people not understanding uh, that like art. Um, it is a luxury to purchase, especially uh, in terms of original content or traditional media, like commission-based work, um, like handmade fucking pastries, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and like you know people I, th I think that comes from misconception that because it looks like it's it, because it looks nice and because it's pleasing to the eye then it must be fun to make and sure it can be but that doesn't mean that you didn't spend you know 25 hours on a painting and then you know what I mean it's it's like kind of insulting when you hear someone be like yeah I'll, I'll pay $20 for that original like fucking that's painting that you spent 25 hours canvas on. price like that's how much I paid for my canvases <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like you know it's like there's labor, there's labor costs and material costs. Um, like, when do you expect creators to make their profit, like to make their living off of their creations? Like, I don't know. Totally. Yeah, definitely. I think that, yeah, I think he's right in saying that there, there definitely is a gap. And like a lot of people get used to, you know, like bake sales and, and that kind of thing, or, or like buying things from like a, like a, you know, a grocery store or like a department store or whatever, and just expecting things to be that price consistently across the market when that's not how it is at all, especially like, like I said, when it comes to original content or like handmade things. And like, before we move on, like, again, like, I think we could make a whole episode on this, but like the reason why your fucking box of cookies from like the grocery store costs that much is because of, you know, it, it's made in mass amounts, they use cheaper ingredients, or like the reason why, you know, the piece of clothing that you bought costs like $10 is because it's made unethically. It's made like these made by people who are getting paid garbage for their work and or nothing <laughs> or nothing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's definitely something. There's something to be said about how, 
like the current, you know, social climate slash economic climate that we live in impacts the way that we like consume goods and the way that we see creative skill sets, you know? Um, yeah. So moving forward, um, how do you deal with criticism from others? So, so I have two, two, um, two pieces of commentary. So Mike Pinn says, uh, he says, I take criticism in two stages. One, is this legitimate? Is this person trying to help me be better? Or is this person being mean and unhelpful? Once I sorted it into one of those two, then I either digest or ignore. If it's type one, I take it from a genuine place and see if there's anything I can learn from or if there's any information that would help. And then he goes on to say, if it's type two, so like the unhelpful kind of inconsiderate or mean commentary, I forget about it and pretend it didn't happen. The person is trying to be mean and get a rise out of me. And the best thing I can do is not give them what they want. And then uh, my next uh, piece of commentary is from a friend of ours, Taylor, Sleepy Cokery on everything, I think. <laughs> I think Instagram, yeah. Twitter, I think everything. That, got that know, handle unlock. <laughs> yeah, she got that handle unlock. Um, for those of you listening who are not from Newfoundland, um, I don't expect you to understand that. <laughs> that little, yeah. Anyways. So you can probably hear her accents anyway. We're from Newfoundland. Um, so she says, um, honestly, I always try and create what I want to see first and foremost. I create content I like and I consider what others feel about it as an optional response I can either consider or ignore. I don't mentally set expectations for how other people react to what I create because I have no control over those things. Knowing I am happy with something and allowing that alone to be enough helps free you of taking criticism personally. Unfortunately, I am my own, my own biggest critic and I haven't figured out how to manage that form of criticism yet. So they actually both have similar kind of points of view on this. It's like a, you know, you can kind of digest that information as, is this something I can learn from? Or is this like something that is just like someone being rude or someone being mean? And, you know, saying that if you don't set expectations for how people react to it, you you won't be as like upset about a criticism. Also, totally. I like what Taylor said about, um, I like what Taylor said about uh, creating what you like to see, like creating what you like seeing first and foremost. Um, like that's essentially what this whole, my whole thing, like even in the last episode is about like just creating things that you enjoy just because you enjoy it. Like people see like how genuine that is, like the passion that you have for what you do, like in other jobs that I've had, um, I've always focused on things that I enjoyed the most. And that is where customers kind of, that's kind of the perspective that customers used to come to me for, like the things that I was obsessed with or excited about and whatever, and like genuinely excited about, as long as you're doing like what you enjoy. And as long as you're like, continuing to I guess grow and get better like I don't think that if someone's just being a dick just ignore them like like Mike said like th that's what they want they just want you to get upset yeah um, totally I, I think that like differentiating between like a critique and a negative criticism is the most important thing um 
to consider like when somebody comes and I think that separation can really make you like uh, either take it to heart or like view it as like you know something that shitty that someone has to say however I think accepting that not everything you make will be liked by everyone is really really important like even if it isn't necessarily a negative thing it's like well then you're not the you know you're not the target audience that I you know want to have like and you clearly will not consume my like the media or the art or you know the things that I put out um yeah yeah for sure no I agree with all that um so the next um so the next question is should we let what others should we let others influence what we're doing so Mike says, absolutely. I think that if we restrict ourselves too much, we don't grow. However, it's absolutely paramount that we only allow that influence in learning uh, and use it to work towards our goals and not to please others. If we ignore all influence, you don't ever expand. But if we let too much in, we won't land anywhere near where we want it. Um, so I, I, yeah, I completely agree with everything that Mike says. The only thing is, though, um, I think just there's I think there's definitely something to be said about people kind of responding to the attention that they get on their work. So, like, you see this a lot with artists. Um, so, like, they might start out using a particular type of medium um, or they might start out with a particular style and then or they do a bunch of different styles. And whatever, like whatever people like the most, they tend to kind of go in that direction and ignore everything else. And I think that can be both good and bad. I think that can be good if it's something that you're passionate about and something you want to expand on. But I also think that if you, if you do what, like what Mike says and like kind of letting it restrict you, like you, you kind of risk kind of losing your focus or your, that's what I'm looking for, your creative path, I guess, or your creative space. Um, and like really your integrity as an artist. Yeah, totally. I think that people's influence can definitely like make you more creative or inspired and, and kind of like motivate you to do better. Um, but I don't think that, um, that should deter you from the kind of path that you set for yourself. Um, I think that exposing yourself to different art forms or different influences, um, can definitely like be a positive thing for sure. But yeah, I don't think that, uh, that influence should definitely like take away from your work or or your passion. So the last question is, um, what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about creating? So Taylor says, the biggest misconception from others that I've received is that content creation is always easy or that it's always fun. From the perspective of someone who created content as a model who is also her own photographer, editor, set designer, makeup artist, wig stylist, costume designer. I realize that most people just see the final photo and not the rest. People see the payoff of your labor, but unless they create the same type of content, they can't context contextualize, the contextualize how much effort or time went into the product. So there's often this lack of empathy for how much work is put into being creative. I think it definitely um, kind of hits on that point earlier where like people talking about value and like profitability of art, it's like 
people only see the final product. They don't see the amount of time and effort and everything else, like, you know, whatever else you have to research or prepare or do to, to create this thing. And, you know, it's, it's really a matter of like, if you kind of look at like the amount of hours you put into something, like half the time, the amount of money that people are willing to spend on it isn't even fucking minimum wage. It's like, two cents an hour they're like y'all paid like a uh, five dollars for that or a dollar for that or you know however much like creative skill sets like what you create with them is a luxury but a lot of people seem to think that they're necessities of some kind or that they're entitled to it i guess definitely i think that like you know a lot of people have this conception that it's easy or that it's not work or that it can be finished quickly Oh, I actually, I just realized that I missed a question, um, which I'm going to include right now. And I think it's a good thing to close off the episode with because it kind of brings us right back to the beginning. Um, why do you think there are so many creative people who struggle to put themselves out there? So uh, Taylor, Sleepy Cookery, uh, answered this one. So she says, fear of failure and fear of judgment towards something that is very personal to them. Creatives often use their art to reflect themselves, often parts of themselves they have a hard time expressing otherwise. There is usually a sense of vulnerability through art and bearing your heart to other people, especially strangers, is a very open and uncomfortable position. So um, when I read this, when I read her response, I immediately thought back to like the first time that I kind of like put myself out there with, with music specifically. And like I mentioned in my last episode, like I don't really play shows very often anymore, um, especially not right now because we're in a global pandemic, but um, <laughs> that's, you know, a separate issue. Um, you know, I planned a few times to do EPs. And I found that I just felt uncomfortable with it because I, I didn't, it's not so much I was afraid of judgment because to me, I didn't care if people liked it or not. It was personal in the way that I didn't want people to not get it. Like I wanted people to listen to it and like understand what I was doing um, and understand what I was saying and understand like the pieces of myself that I put into the artwork, not necessarily like whether or not that genre of music was their thing. Um, and yeah, like when Taylor says like creatives use their art to reflect oftentimes parts of themselves, they have a hard time expressing otherwise. Like I think that's definitely true in pretty much all forms of art, you know, like if you're an actor, you can become a character that might reflect a personality trait that you have, but you like, you're not necessarily comfortable expressing in your day-to-day -day life. Like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of discomfort with being vulnerable and putting your art out there, like what you're doing with tattooing, like pursuing tattooing or like what I'm doing with this podcast or what so many people do with their, with their Etsy shops and like, creating their own little businesses like it is a vulnerable and uncomfortable position to be in because you're getting all of these different forms of feedback and all these different criticisms or you know like she said like a fear of failure that you're not going to make it yeah totally I think you know art and you know creative ventures of any kind like it, there is like a sense of intimacy there um so it definitely is a very intimate thing and I think that yeah like sharing that with people um can be fucking terrifying like you know like that like that's why like that was the first thing that I wanted to get over um which is why I you know started those Instagrams in the first place 
like showing people online is a little bit more is not a little bit more definitely is much more passive than like you know going to that art pop-up that i did a few years back and like showing people like the actual physical copies of like the physical like paintings themselves like that was you know that was a really a scary thing for me even though like you know it, it seemed like pretty normal for most people but yeah i think that people struggle with you know that self-confidence because it is such a personal thing for a lot of creatives. Um, um, like maybe you didn't feel like you had like as many positive influences that like those people in your life that like built you up essentially. And I did have that, but I guess in certain um, aspects of my life, I didn't have that. And um, it definitely made me more self-critical. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Okay, well, just looking at my notes here, I think we covered everything. Um, so is there any like closing things you'd like to say or like advice you'd like to give or any like notes you'd like to make? Uh, not so much so. I mean, you know, I feel like we pretty went pretty in depth and covered a lot of stuff. So I'm happy. Sick. Me too. Amazing. Um, so for my listeners, uh, I will include my sister's like art Instagrams in my next like Instagram post. Like, yeah, follow me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handles are punks Inc. P U N X I N K. That's my black and white art Instagram. And then crystalline punks is my uh, color Instagram. So that's, crystalline c-r-y-s-t-a-l-l-i-n-e-p-u-n-x um on instagram uh yeah and follow me on twitter i guess uh i think it's the same as my main instagram so glass punks punks. yeah yeah i i don't even know anymore uh yeah glass punks follow me i post a lot of memes on my twitter it's a good time amazing well Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in today. I know today was a completely different format compared to my previous episodes, but let me know if you enjoyed this more chatty interview style structure. I'm always looking to learn and grow from this podcast, so expect changes in the future for sure. Shoot me a message on Instagram if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if there's anything you want me to expand on in a future episode. So you can find me at Your Uncomfort Zone Pod on Instagram and give me a follow while you're at it. Next week, we'll be going back to more mental health related content. I did some polls on my Instagram stories last week and you guys gave me a lot to think about. Um, So next Tuesday, we'll be talking about toxic traits in yourself and others. Tune in at the same time next week and have the sweetest day.